This month is our month of vision, and it is also the month of the ministry. And this morning, I want to lay the foundation on that subject of vision. It is a very intricate thing. It's because of that I ask you those two questions. There is nobody who is here by accident. And there is none that came from God without an assignment. Everybody has an assignment to perform. And I I want to believe that you are able to discover your assignment so that you don't live this life without any impact. You can't make impact without vision. The Bible says in Proverbs 29 verse 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. The people live in shame and frustration. The people are robbed of dignity. They are alive but dead where there's no vision. But vision has a way of directing one's course in life. It has a way of invigorating a person. Amen. Vision. Adia esiweniso. The Bible says Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him, there was something ahead of him, a particular joy. And we were part of that joy that Jesus saw at that time. He saw the multitudes that would become God's own children and his own relations. He saw that if he should go through what he was going to go through, it was going to kneel to the benefit of the kingdom. It never be business any so. Say me to me echo echo wu na me soria. Papa benya akrabibri. At that time he saw us. We were weeping, we were groaning, living in despair, confused and frustrated. And he said, "This boy must be free." That was a joy, the joy of our freedom, of our salvation, our deliverance. From the yoke of the enemy, everything like that was what he saw. If I can make these people free. And so nothing was important to him besides that one. Any sane person will want to die for his vision because without vision, you're already dead. Say I shared one story here one time. I was in uh, secondary school. Uh, I, I think form two or so. And there was one senior one senior student who was a troubler of Israel. And one day we went to the dining hall. On Sundays, everyone wore white. Whether you went to church or not, you have to be in white. 
So we went for lunch, and he was in his white. It had rained. The soil of that compound was like that of Edom. So he went to the dining hall, did not eat there. He collected the food. What I'm telling you now is a picture I'm presenting to you because I still see him. It's been several years ago, but I see him. I stood there and I saw him. I saw when he fell. He slipped and fell, but held the, the container, whatever contained the food, held it up like that. He held the thing up, so he fell on his back. He didn't think about whether anything in his head would hit someone. No, no, no. He said the reason why he went to the dining room was that food. And no matter what, the food must be protected. Because if he lost that one, he would not get food. That scene has never left me, and it's been a lesson to me. Especially when I became a Christian, I began to look at what really happened that day. He was going to fall faceward, but he twisted his legs and then fell backwards with the food up like that. It's amazing. It's amazing. Everybody was laughing. But to me, he made my day. Whatever you desire to see, you put in everything to make sure you see. It is your decision to see what you are seeing and to get what you, you are seeing that keeps you strong and healthy. Have you not noticed that when people go on retirement, they begin to die? It's one reason why I know I'm against pastors going on retirement. I said you have retired a pastor. You go and do what? There's a man of God called by God for a particular assignment, and you say he is 70 years, so he goes on retirement. What is that one about? He will begin to decay. Look at all these civil servants. The moment they, they go on retirement, no more work. My body is used to working. That when I don't have work to do, I begin to fall sick. That is why at this age, I still sleep four hours or less a day. When you are sleeping eight hours, and you are still saying you are feeling sleepy in the daytime. You know, so, so there is something about it. There's a ministry in, um, it's not just in Nigeria, it is called ECWA. E-C-W-A. I, I, economical, whatever. I've forgotten the, What? Church of West Africa, thank you. It's quite, quite predominant in Nigeria. And they have a policy. If a person is in the ministry, in the ministry and um, age, decide you know, to terminate the person, they won't let you off or out of the pulpit. What they do is that as you are aging, they'll be moving you towards your base. It could be your hometown. It could be where you have chosen to stay. And if there is no branch of the church there, they open a small chapel for you 
and you are the pastor in charge. You can, you can be in a wheelchair, but you are the pastor in charge and they give you a younger person to work with you. So you keep on working to the day that you pass on. What is keeping them on? It is vision. There is something that God said I must do. And that thing must be done. The day you are able to catch a vision from God as to what God wants you to do and you set out to do it, a new energy comes into you. Fresh one. Fresh one. A man was 103 years old. The last time we saw him, he was 104. I understand he has passed on maybe around that 108. Yes. 113. And he was vibrant preaching the word of God with power. Yes. So at age 103, he got married. You are saying, huh? He got married. He got married. So he had a reason to leave. He at least he had to leave for the wife. Hundred and thirteen years old. Preaching the day he passed on. Vision. Vision. Can you give us Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7? And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. A man became a living soul. God put himself, his spirit, in the man. And the spirit of God in the man is the force that releases potentials in the man. God loaded the man that he created with all that it takes to live a meaningful life. So nobody came here empty. It it doesn't matter who gave birth to you and where you were born. The issue of vision is not about, about where and who and how. How? Jesus was giving birth to in the community of um, of sheep. That manger they said he was giving birth to, no, that was where he was put. The, 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 the delivery took place outside the manger. That's where he was put. So there was nothing calmly about him but that's not important. So when somebody tells you you are a bastard, you don't have father, you don't have mother, forget it. Who are your parents? Is it important? 
Is it your parents that will make you breathe air and live? It doesn't matter. Okay, where were you born? In one village, they checked the map. It is not there. Does it matter? No? So, where you were born, who gave birth to you, under whatever circumstances, all those things are not important. Whether your mother and your father were married or whatever it was, it's not important. Somebody calls you a bastard. That person is ignorant. Or doesn't know who you are. You are a child born in due season. You are in for an assignment. There's a purpose for which God gave birth to you. You came from God. It doesn't matter how you came. A lady was pregnant, not as a young girl, a woman. She got married, gave birth about five children, and then they divorced. So he didn't want to give birth, but he, she played one game like this and then caught fire. And he tried to abort. She took all manner of concoctions, all manner of tablets, everything. The guy no greed. When that fellow was born, his back had a greenish color. <laughs> the day the woman told me, I said, that is where he turned himself, his back to you. To anything that you drank went to the back. <laughs> and that Kofi, that boy is a powerful fellow. Anytime you create some confusion, the mother will say, whoa. The ordinary motion. Me yaya asi me you ago wama no se waga sa unim bibia maba. Why he was determined to come and he came. He was an assignment. Everyone that God created is on this earth on assignment. You may debut a hunti nyami do buy. Now it becomes your responsibility to locate that particular thing. For which reason God brought you. And when you locate it, what you have located is called vision. So you are full of potential and you don't know about it. You begin to go to God to ask him, Lord, what next? And then he shows you and he gives you a vision. So visions come from God. He formed the man he put into him whatever will make the man distinguish in life. But those things can remain in the man and be dormant until the day the man will die. That is why Masmuro said the richest part in this world is a cemetery. Where a lot of dreams never saw the light of the day. And they were carried over there. When a person dies... All those things are gone. So as you are sitting here today, my objective in talking about this subject is for you to begin to rethink. Have a rethink. Is that all I can do? Is that all I can do? Is all the reason why I came? Have I finished what God has put inside me? Oh, why you a crow when you ask yourself? It's in any. 
And then you go back to God and begin to ask him. And the moment he presents that one to you is your vision. And that vision is what you follow. There are a lot of things that we can talk about in you know, to help us in receiving the vision and then walking and working the vision. You walk it and you work it. There are several things. I believe God before the month will end, we should have gone some some extent. We can't finish everything. Praise God. We can't. We can't. But you get a principle, understand the principle, and you begin to use it for yourself. Forget about where you came from. Forget about what people have said about you. This vision is not what men say. It is what God has said. I, I, I never, I never one day thought that I would be a pastor. Never. Not even when I got born again. I have mentioned it here. Two people came to me at different points and said, God showed me a vision and they saw me preaching the gospel. And you know what I told them? That if God is short of staff, I'm not the one he's going to call. That's what I told them. The last person that came, the two of them were Ghanaians, another Ghanaian elderly person. When he returned from Nigeria, the wife is from that area, he went in there to do missions. When I saw him, he was old. Accountant by training. He walked to me and said, um, the Lord gave him a message. <laughs> I looked at him because of his age. I kept quiet. So I asked him, what is, he, what is it now? He said that God says, you tell me that I'll be doing his work in the kingdom, whether I like it or not. Ah, he spoiled the show, whether I liked it or not. What kind of thing is that? But because of his age, I just thanked him and he left. When he was leaving, he took some steps and then turned back. He said, remember, you can't miss it. Ah! <laughs> Anytime we go for a Ghanaian community meeting, this man will look at me and say, remember what I told you. I said, what is this now? This is terrorism. But you see, when God has programmed it, there is nothing you can do about it. But you have got to make sure that you align yourself with what God has programmed. And you begin to walk in the strength and the power and the anointing of it. Even when I got born again, it was not my plan. Who will make me a pastor? That person is not serious. That's the way I thought. So let me be busy serving the church. So I was, I was serving and I served with all of my heart. It wasn't uh, faithfulness. You know faithfulness? What is that? Bernie, you are doing it to show, to please people. That's not the thing now. And many of you do that kind of thing. When you see your pastor coming, that's when your prayer intensifies. When he turns his way, 
Sinaman, we don't know what you are saying, but you are saying something. God has loaded you with great potentials, and those potentials are intended to make you make a mark in this world. Are you going to disappoint him by just being a container? Without manifestation, he said, "We have, we have, we have this what, this what, treasure in what earthen vessels. This is an earthen vessel, and we have treasure inside. Until you break the, the, the break that vessel, nobody will know the value of the treasure that is inside you there. And the breaking is you desiring and asking God and waiting on Him. Sometimes in fastings and prayers, and telling God, I know I'm not here just for the fun of it." I'm here for a purpose, and I want you to show me, show me, show me. After all the prophecies that people gave me about, about ministry, at the Bible school it was announced. Before I even went to Bible school, I was a some pastor in the church, a branch of it. Everywhere I went to, any church I went to visit, they wanted me to be on the altar. Oh, what, 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 what is this one now? You know, so at the Bible school, they said uh, those who wanted to come on full time. I said, then when I, I go, what would I say? What is my message? What would I say that God told me? So one night, I woke up and I began to pray and praise. And I told God, if you don't give me any message, when I go back to class, I won't take the form. I told him plain like that. For that night, 15th August, 1.30.35 a.m. That he spoke to me. If you don't speak, I'm not ready. I can be doing anything. Ocean was my major business. I can do anything, counseling, teaching Bible school, uh, Sunday school, and all that. But they say I'm a pastor. It's never until you talk. But some of us see the glamour with some ministers and some churches, and we are enticed to go into ministry. What is your message? It's a God of prosperity. Don't let anyone prophesy you into ministry. Please. I'm begging in the name of the Lord. Don't let anybody prophesy you into ministry. Anything that anybody would say must only be a confirmation of what God has shown to you. And that's why I don't just talk to people in the church what God's grace upon them is. I don't. But God has helped me to know where they stand. Majority of the people that have come you know, under me, those that are pastors and are not, he helps me to know their calling. But I will not tell you. I will not. Even your pastor that I donated to God. I only donated him 
I told God, I said, this one is consecrated to you. Take him anything you want to do with him. Do anything. I'm not going to question at any time. And I have no more questions. Even him. God showed me what he was going to be. I'd never opened my mouth to say anything to him. If you do that, and the person goes that way, and begins to have challenges, he will say you are the one that sent him there. I'm not, I'm not appointed to be sending people into ministry. I only advise you. And if you don't take my advice, it, my problem is that by the time you are crying, I will not be there. Sincerely speaking, I'm not bragging. I'm not. I don't talk anyhow. But if you say you are an apostle, or you say you are this, and I look at you and I tell you, please, you are not. This is what you are. And you don't take it. It's your business. You say you are a pastor. And I say you are not a pastor. Forget it. God will ask you questions later. That what he sent you to do, he didn't do it. This is what he has, because some, that, some title was so appealing to you. I'm a prophet because you prophesy. To prophesy doesn't make a person a prophet. It is a, it's an office. It is an office that God puts people. And come share the one into me, say, but who, who did it mean? So much can we be? You see, Peter said, we have the sure word of prophecy. It is here. You prophesy the word to people, it works. But that doesn't make you. When someone is operating in the gift, in the areas of the gift of wisdom, I mean the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge, he says he's a prophet. That is not enough. So when it's not flowing, you look for how to make it flow. How to make it flow. We're going to engage one radio station in Kumasi for... Uh, messages to be sent forth, and then my wife was the one who was championing that one. Uh, she went there, and they asked, what kind of church, what do you do? So, she told them, and they said, we thought it was one of those. They said, we are up here, when they are coming, they're stationing people down there, and they're making calls, and be sending messages to them, and then they'll be saying those things, and they said, they are prophesying. That is not to say all of them are like that, but majority of them. Majority of them. They moved into Nigeria and caused much havoc in that place. Because they wanted money. I was going to preach somewhere and then someone, one of them was there in, the, in an area. I was going to a church somewhere. He was somewhere. He looked at me and he knew I was a Ghanaian. I said, Da, you are how? And I'm saying, how are you then? Oh, are you my auntie? Are you my auntie? And I'm saying, make sure I say, oh, yeah, you my auntie. Send a young coupon. I tell say, yeah, no. Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. Why are they doing that? They are not pursuing the right vision. They are operating somebody else's vision. This time, 
Omujade, Loto, Oma Loto numbers. And the Adnaco Druni. Say, Afin Yanko Massam Nashoto. And the Awase, ye Charlotte Gum. Me bow dayim, me bow, me bow dayim. Me bow, the now switch now on, which now on hope. But I say, it will teach you all manner of things from the Bible, and then you go and sit down there. And somebody said, I, 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 will, I will enter your dream. Who is dreaming? Is it the one who is dreaming or you are dreaming? Where is the realm of dream? It's the mind. So the person came into your mind and entered your dream and blessed you inside a dream. Lotto number. And when you are seeing all these things, can you imagine that a pastors are, uh, what do you call it? They are multiplying money on, on national TV. And believers, believers that have Jesus Christ inside them, whom they have put in prison, the truth, they go down their numbers to go and consult. And we live in a country where anybody can misbehave and then we watch the person. A woman wants children. And now a prophet, so-called prophet, is, is demonstrating and before camera on a couch. And one of his boys was pushing him harder into the buttocks of the woman. And, and nobody has asked that for any question. Listen to me. Your life is not for you alone. You are living your life for others. You live your life for the kingdom of God. And for those who are in the kingdom and those who are outside. You must think beyond you. Don't be selfish in life. When you go into business and you fail, you now go and carry something and put it on your head. Say you are, you are a prophet. Well, the eyes of God are too pure, too holy to behold iniquity. So don't let us think that we can do anything and hide from him. You can hide from men, but you cannot hide from this God. It is vision that will make you go whether there's a wall, you walk through it because your vision is behind the wall. You go. Nothing stops you from going to where you want to go. What is your vision in life? What has God told you? Are you pursuing that one? Yes, but I'm having challenges. We'll solve those issues from scriptures later, but not today. Has God ever failed once? No, not once. And it's not your time that he's going to fail. He doesn't have the capacity to fail. That's his problem. God has some problems. One of them is just what I've mentioned. God does not have the capacity to fail. And number two, he cannot lie. Whether he likes it or not, he cannot. It is not in him to lie. You understand what I'm talking about? And God cannot hate his love. 
How can love not become hate? When some guys come to you, these ladies, and then I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, and then you make one mistake, and he reaches out to slap you, and you see you are so stupid, you see remain there that he will change. How can he change? The person has showed you his color, he says he will change. Who, what is changing him? Are you going to wash him? With what detergent? The person just wrote the Bible. The person slapped you. He said, I love, how can you love and, and also hate at the same time? Huh? Do you know that your hand can fail you? Your own hand. Even sometimes your tongue can fail you. It comes in between your food and your teeth and then back. Do you remove that tongue and the teeth and throw them away? Say vision. Vision is not what you see with your natural eyes. Vision is seen with the heart. God places the vision in the heart of a person. It's not your natural eyes. When he asks you, say, I, I, I see, I see, I see, I see. The breath of God was a power of God that released potentials. I have mentioned that. Purpose for living. And I said, God did not create anyone without a purpose. And we are going to read two major scriptures, dilate on them. Vision is the unfolding of divine plan about a person's life. The unfolding of divine plan. Nyame all down she share all her ma or eddy. Now the abobra awias. And I said it's not why and who and where you were born, but what you are born for. What you are born to do. And we saw the scripture there where there's no vision, the people perish. They live without any mark. They cannot make any achievements in life. They always give up. Always give up. There are people who have a lot of ideas, but they never catch vision from the ideas. So they do this one, they, they get they hit the rocks, and they did this one hit for within one year he has done about four things and nothing to show for it. It means there was no determined vision on that. But one that has vision, when he falls, he will rise again. He is pursuing that thing, and then he hits the wall, he falls, he will rise again. And then go again. People with vision do not vacillate. When we hear him, and they will see me say, I will see my essay, 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 I will see
obi owo vision bibi esin ani so nyankopon de bibi amano no okko no ohwe ase osori am de kingston morphy ayini mawo no aduane no ene de ne call dani ho aduane no ti owu kura nya hwe aduane de wo se okip jeremiah chapter 1 there's one book I don't like opening to. It is called Lamentations. I fear that book. Anytime I see, I say, eh, God, oh. any lamentation today? Right. Can you pick it for me from verse 4? Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Does it make sense to you? Before you were formed, God said he knew you. What kind of thing is that? You've not been formed, so you were not an entity. And yet God said, I knew you. In God's program and mind, you existed. You know? One of my philosophies that I came up with growing up, when I got born again, I understood it, is that my stomach will not tell me what to eat and what not to eat. That I'm older than my stomach. Does it make sense? But I remember me saying these things somewhere around 10 years, 11 years. Then I said, I don't vomit. For what I give to your stomach, you must take it. Don't I can count the number of times I vomited. I did so because I was drinking alcohol. And I used to mix my drinks. I'm a hard player. Whatever I do, I do it with all of my might. So I mix Guinness with, uh, with, uh, with, uh, with um, what do you call that one? Pito, Pito, Brukutu. And put some Ogogro inside. Yes, I tell you, when it is there, you will see it vibrating like that. Those are the times that uh, overdose will make me vomit, but that I ate food and I vomited never. It will never happen. Even if you put poison inside, when it gets there, the heat will collect it. And I don't lose appetite. Who am I going to lose appetite to, to give somebody else? No. If I say I won't eat, I won't eat. But that say I've lost appetite. I told my wife the day he hears me saying I've lost appetite, just go and negotiate for a coffin. Lose appetite. No, I don't want to eat. Say mean to me. What is the meaning of that one? Malaria, The food is not meant for your mouth. Your mouth is a passage. So all of you that will be talking, talking all manner of rubbish. That uh, Tell your mouth, receive this food and pass it on. Don't be selfish. Pass it on. I tell you, bro. Now you see, you see, 
you okay, you say you are sick, you have to take medicine, and they will tell you eat before you take. So what are you going to be doing there? What is Before you were formed, God knew you, right? That you existed and that you were there for a purpose. If God has a purpose, why must you allow anything contrary on the outside to now disturb you? Eh? Right exam, what's my feeling? I didn't say. Oh, mathematics, they had in power. Okay, the first person that went into mathematics, who taught him? Who did? I told you a girl who had been learning how to sew for seven years. Seven years, she was learning how to sew. In Sunyani, I used to preach in the Reverend Sansa's place. I used to preach in their church, and then one day I went there, I asked them whether she had graduated. They said, no. I said, what is it? No. I went to the place. I said, get up. <laughs> graduate now. I told the woman, this woman, this girl will never come here again. She has graduated. <laughs> ah, what's the meaning of that? Seven years. Even if you are, you are manufacturing a new machine, will you be there for seven years? So I told the woman, the one who was, I said, there are two things. Either you are wicked or this one doesn't have sense. That you, when you are cutting that, you do that one in your house and bring them there for them to sew. And many of you are like that. Either you are one of such people or this one no get brain. If she doesn't have brain, you can't help her. We will help her. All she needs is prayer and the word. She'll be okay. After the first person that saw, nobody taught him. That statement I made, the woman laughed. She almost fell from her seat. The first person that saw, nobody taught that person now. So I carried the girl out of that place. I said, sit down. You have dress? Say yes, bring that dress here. Have you seen this one? Now, lose the whole thing and show it again. That girl, I don't know where she is now, but she can never forget me. Never. I hustled her to, to come alive. Oh, And when they ask you, are you a Christian? Yes, I'm a Christian. I'm born again. You, you can't understand simple things that human mind has created. Human mind has created. Before you were formed, he knew you. So you belong to a realm that human eyes cannot see. No human being saw you, but he saw you. He saw you. So all of you women that are giving birth, that you now want to monopolize their children, children don't get the one day. Ah! And so what? I was a Daka. I conceived you in this my stomach for nine months. If you speak against me, I curse you the rest of your lifetime. What is that nonsense? You know why? In the program of God, 
that child was seen before he came to dwell in your stomach. So you, that you have placed a transit camp, a conduit for that one to come and fulfill God's program for his or her life. So God was telling Jeremiah this for us. Before I formed you, I knew you. You existed before. If you existed before you became a body, how can your body now be telling you what to do and what not to do? Hmm? Hello? You are older than your body. If you don't know anything, take that one. You are older than your body and you dictate how your body should be. This is a mystery that you have come to understand through Christ. That before you came into existence in the belly as a tangible thing, God said he had known you before. That means you are very precious to God. That means you are so important to him that God cannot leave you empty and let you just come and walk on this sand of the earth and then go like that. Would that leave you any mark? No. Huh. Before you came out, I had sanctified you. It's not just for Jeremiah. Me, I'm one of those people. Whether you are one, I don't know, but you can say it. He sanctified me before I came. No, otherwise, I should have died before I got born again. I should have died. In the year 1991, I shared my testimonies. My pastor, Pastor Mensah, asked me to go and represent him to preach somewhere. I got there. God said, call them. I should call those who want to be born again. I've never preached, and, and I was going to teach on prosperity. How can you teach prosperity and then make other call? Your mind will become money, 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 money. You know? I began to share some moments. I've mentioned something to you here. How I almost died around this um, airport residential area here when police were chasing us. How they shot and somebody by my side was hit and a person died. How I missed accident the very first day I got to Nigeria. And the next morning, four people were dead at the same spot. What is it? It's because he has knew me and sanctified me for an assignment before I even got to know myself. So you are not just an accident. You say you and your mother, your father and your mother never married. They just did bad boy, bad girl thing and something happened. Doesn't matter. You're not the one that did it. They were the ones that did their own. You, you came. Your coming was not an accident. So stop, stop, stop engaging your mind with unnecessary things. Because you saw David say something, Psalm 51, in sin my mother conceived me. Not my doctrine. In the case, I say, O papa, o mama, boni bero kwe. Otini be bi na o papa be wa ano, no ano na owo. Na fi o si boni muni yinse o boni di ahimwa. Because you saw it in the Bible, you don't know where it come from, and then you are just talking and killing yourself. A kaseko bompaya na the guilt of that thing will not be that same consciousness is disturbing you. You are a special person in the program of God. 
Very, very special. Very special. You are, you are not one of those people. You are one of them. Not those, but them. They that they inside house. The people where they inside house. You'll be one of them. God's own family, they belong to the Lord. That is where you belong. So things don't happen to you anyhow. He sanctified you before you came. You missed road. He came looking for you again and brought you back. And now you are called a child of God. And you are still shaking. Do you think there's anything evil that God has concerning your life? He doesn't think evil. God does not have ability to think evil about anybody. He knows you can do it, but he doesn't think evil about you. When you hear that people are dying, don't put your name there. You're not the reason why death came. Hello? That they are dying doesn't mean you must also die. Have you finished your assignment on this earth? So what's your problem? One small headache like this. What kind of nonsense is that? I want to die. I want to die. If you want to die, don't announce it. Just go and die. Don't announce it. So don't, don't disturb our ears. Let me be we are wasting time. Go there. Or is anybody who wants to die? No, I can help you to die. They are not here. They didn't come today. Please tell them never to come here. They should repent there before they come. Because here we don't die. Amen. All right. He said, I ordained you a prophet unto the nations. So you don't appoint yourself. He ordains you as one. Go on. Hey, Jeremiah said, ah, Lord. Ivan, Ivan, he almost told God that don't lie to me. And then he remembered that God is God. He said, ah, Lord God. Behold, I cannot speak for I'm a child. You can see clearly that he's a child. I cannot speak. <laughs> Cannot speak. That's the spirit of who? Moses. I cannot. You are standing with can and you are saying I cannot. The God of possibilities is the one that created mouth. He said, I'll be with your mouth. And then you are saying that you cannot speak. And we like saying this kind of things. Lord, who will help me? Hey! Hey! God tells you to go and do a business and you are asking God who will help you. Habba. If God cannot help you, there is no man that can help you. So when God is speaking to you, you just take it. Maybe sometimes we want to be modest. You heard Gideon. 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 He said, our tribe is the least in the whole nation. Our family is the least 
of all families. Our clan is the least of all the clans. And me, I'm the least among all of them. So it's Mr. List. God said, he didn't answer his nonsense though. He said, go in this thy might. Where is the might? That you could come out even though hiding, but you are threshing. That you could look at me into my eyes like this and say you are the least. Yeah, then you can talk. Go in this damn might. And he went. And strange things happened. Don't let us doubt God any day. Whatever God gives to you as a vision, know that he is at the back of the vision. Hello? He doesn't understand what you are saying, so you be quiet. For I'm a child. Yes, now. The best position to assume is that of a child. To be with God. So when he moves, you follow. Don't be an adult. Adults, they create their own ways. When God moves one step, they look and see whether God is watching. They move through backwards. In the next seven minutes, there will be quite a distance between them and God, and they just disappear from one corner like this. And they think they are smart. And God will be looking at them and be laughing. He said, you will still come back. You will do what? You will still come back. Just like many of us here who have been given assignments by God and have been escaping. And you think you have dodged God. One minute to the time you will die, you will confess it. How can I be a pastor? I, I am I'm shy. Two things I didn't want to do in life, teaching and, and pastoring. To face crowd. Anywhere I saw crowd, I just appeared. That something happened and people have gathered. I won't go there. Even today, I don't do it. You give me a choice, I will stay in my house. I'm a very private man. I stay in my house. I'm just there. Uh, come and stand before people. When they are insulting yourself, you won't even know. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I didn't like it. I didn't. But I found myself teaching. And I've taught at different levels. And I tell people I'm a, I'm a natural teacher. So I don't need training. I was in one state. They came to examine people, professional certificates. And they asked my principal, what about this person? He said, he's there. They called me. I told the officer that I came from the headquarters. I said, I don't need training. I'm a born teacher. I don't need training from anybody. The man looked at me. He was surprised. One, you are a stranger, you are a foreigner, and you are talking nonsense again. And before you could talk, I, I put another one that would confuse him the more. I said, how do you know that a person is a teacher? It is when the person teaches. So let's go to the classroom. Oh, yeah. Oh, that one I believe in myself. I'm a teacher by birth. You can't do anything about it. If I teach you and you fail, you are a dummy. 
Okay, you want to ask me, didn't prove faith. They failed because they were dummies now. Those are faith were dummies. The man followed me to the class. A dummy. So I began to teach. And he was at the window watching me. I threw one question to him at the window. But <laughs> he looked at me, he smiled. I said, Sir, I'm waiting for the answer. He answered the question and now moved in and sat down. I said, Correct. You are a full student now. Middle of the teaching, he said, Let's go to the office. We went. He just signed the document and went away. I also went my way. And that was the end of it. So when God said I was going to teach the word, I didn't want to. I thought it, I wasn't hearing God. So it don't look like my natural ability was what I was going to now use. No. There is something that God programmed in you for you to come and execute in this world. Have you taken time to look at yourself? Why are you looking at people? Why not yourself? Just the person around you there, look at yourself. And look into yourself. Stop looking at people. Hallelujah. Yes, go ahead. The Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee. Are you imagine that one? Don't say you are a child. You will go to where I am sending you. Hey, this God. And whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. So he is the one taking you there. He is the one going to tell you what to say. So what is your problem about being a child or a stammerer? Benihin was a great stammerer. Very dangerous one at that. That the day his parents were at, you know, present in the meeting and the mother heard him, he said, this is not my Benny. This is not my, this Benny that will be hitting his, himself before saying one word. Okay, if I tell you I was a stammerer before, would you agree? Huh? Just make me angry. That's when you know that I was. And when I try to call what your name and I'm not able to call, I will slap you. When I slap you, you will know that uh, something did there. <laughs> Isaiah, Isaiah, repent. Benny was, was a heavy stammerer. And God called him. And the issue was, how am I going to say what God tells me? And then God visited him. And there are many of them like that. Many of them. I was always quiet in my class because I didn't want anyone to laugh at me because if you did, I would be angry. And when I got angry, there was no protocol about it. It's God that delivered me. No protocol. If I watch and I cannot beat you, I look for what to use to beat you. And I told God, when I got born again, I said, Lord, remove anger from me and give me laughter. And he heard me. And he answered me. When you see me laughing like that, be careful you don't take me for granted. Because behind the laughter, there's something. (laughs) There is something, I tell you. Right. Go ahead. 
Is there be not afraid of their faces? Are you sure? Yeah. What verse is that? Eight? Okay. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, say of the Lord. Go ahead. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. Amen. If he put forth his hand and touched the mouth for the person to be able to run vision, then he can touch your situation and make you go on. He touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. You know what it is? When you carry God's word, you don't sweat. Sincerely. When it is God's word you are preaching, not your own. If it is God's own, you don't have any problem. And that's why I don't like to be tempted with preaching. I've tried, I've prayed, I've fasted. I don't know how to stop when I start preaching. Why? I don't have problem saying the things I'm, I want to say because they flow like that. I have ease to talk. But I don't know how to converse. <laughs> I don't know it. I, I can, when I'm talking to somebody, I'm advising the person most times. I talk scriptures. When you converse too much, you talk about people. It's people you talk about. Your wife gives you food. When you finish eating, you begin to rub your tummy. Uh, yeah. Have you seen this fellow? That's how they begin. Which fellow? Oh, that fellow now. Which one? In this person. Ah, you two should know this person. This person. And then you start. You talk the things you know and the ones you don't know. When you finish, then you, become, you feel guilty for what you have done. Why, don't you waste, why should you waste your time doing that kind of thing? The people you want to talk to, meet them face to face and tell them. Whatever I cannot say before, I won't say that I'm behind you. No. And there's nobody here. That I cannot say what I want to say before you. And sometimes even from the altar, I will, I will send it. Because I'm not accusing you. You are my friend. So I say, watch your ways. You know you are the one I'm talking to. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. Tell the Lord, put your hand on me. And touch my lips. That may speak mysteries. To the glory of your name. Amen. And then verse 10. Most of the prophets like quoting this scripture. They like this one. The rest of the things that God said they don't like. See. Now that word see. Has an impact here. See. I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. And most times they throw down, they don't plant. They are using this one for deliverance ministry. 
This is what they use to uproot, to throw down, and all man. When they finish, they don't build. They don't provide anything. Your father's sister, the second one, the yellow one, she's the one responsible for all the things you are going through. Your own father, the sister, I mean the second one, the yellow one. What's that her name again? And that is the name. That's the name. She's the one. Okay. Now, so what do I do? No information. So you go back from that counseling session with Machete to look for that woman. Yellow woman. Why? Because one prophet told you. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me saying, Jeremiah, what seest thou? So the, the verse 10 is the assignment that he had to do. That was what he should think about. That was the thing God wanted him to see. And he said, what do you see? And I see a rod of an almond tree. And he said, you have seen well. In your vision, God wants you to see well. See well. What you see well, he will hasten to perform. Spend time to catch vision. Spend time. Sacrifice your time. Sacrifice your convenience. Go into fastings and prayers and catch a vision for your ministry. The only one thing I missed in ministry was where God wanted me to go to in Ghana. I, I don't know the town. I asked everybody. The name is Beku. When I was coming to Ghana in 1993, when I asked him, that was what he told me. I don't know the town. Whether I heard well or not, I don't know. The name close to that one is Boko. So I asked people, is there anything called Beku? And those from Boko, I asked them, what's the original name of this place? How do you know? That town may be somewhere, I don't know. And the thing has been haunting me all the way from that time till now. And my prayer is that I will know the place. If I get to another place today, I'm gone. I will ask God to forgive me and then go there. I don't know why he was sending me to that place. But make sure you hear God. Make sure you search to know where God wants you to execute your vision. You may begin from somewhere, but that may not be where you are supposed to be all through your life. What is God telling you about your marriage? What is God saying about your academic life? I want to be a doctor. Has he told you that one? But your parents are saying, go and be a doctor. God says no. Just like I keep on saying, I had known that I was going to be a pastor. I would have gone to Trinity College. I didn't know. I didn't know. I wasn't going to church. I don't play games with things. I wasn't going to church. I won't go to church when I don't believe in what they are doing. I wasn't going to any place. Church, I can count the number of times I went to church before I got born again. I can count it. The whole of my lifetime. At Legon in Commonwealth, there was a chapel there. I never entered there. Not to stand even before their building. But one night I was going to study and I saw something. I got to the middle of a point. One hall, they were doing Bible study all night there. The other one, they were jumping and dancing. And I stood and I said, which way? 
which way to go. I just went straight to where I was going to read. I went and sat down. But that scenery has never left me. That's how our lives have been. When there's no vision, you can swing anywhere. You can swing. Today you are here, the next day you are somewhere else. So ask God clearly, what is it that you want me to do? The marriage is not going the way it should go. That's not your program for marriage. So what should I do? And stop talking to people. Stop telling your friends about your husband and about your wife. You know that it shouldn't be like that. The marriage must not be like that. So what should I do? What must be my vision? Where do I operate from? Which line should I follow? You spend time, fast, pray, talk to God, desire it to have it, and then you'll get it. And you start moving. You have graduated from school, and you, are, you, you don't have, you have written applications to almost everywhere. The only place your application letter has not gone to is hell. Everywhere. You, are, you have written to almost everywhere, and it's not happening. Now, do you think God's program is that you must be idle? So go back to him, your maker, and ask him, Lord, what exactly do you want me to do? What would you have me do? That was a question Paul asked Jesus. What would you have me do? I'm a busy man. I don't waste my time. What would you have me do? Go to him, spend time, and stop running where nobody has sent you. You are selling Gary. You think I'm selling, uh, I'm, uh, what do you call it? Um, this, this hard, hard iron rods is what will bring money. And so you shift from that one to iron rods. And you are one iron nobody buys. They'll be looking at your iron rod. They will pass your shop and go and buy from another place. But when you were selling Gary, they were buying it. Won't you ask God what you should be doing? Have you not seen people who are selling Gary and now they export the Gary outside the country? How are we living our lives? Hello? Go and ask God. And let him tell you which way to go. When he gives you the vision, you will do well. Finally, Habakkuk. Chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. Right. I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. Go ahead. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision. And make it plain upon tables that he may run that readed it. Hold on. I will stand upon my watch. I'll be on my tower. I'll be asking God and waiting to hear what he will tell me. That's your time of waiting upon the Lord. You are about graduating from school. It is time to wait upon the Lord. There is national service. And beyond national service, there are other things. Lord, what would you have me to do? Leave the comfort of your hostel and the noise around there 
and go and locate one cave and stay in there for three days. You and God. You brought me into this world for a purpose. I want to know what you brought me for. Show me which way to go. Don't waste your time over there. Then when you come out, you are now desperate. So any appointment they will give you, you take it. They will decorate it give you the name. Security man, is, what the name they give to you? Executive what? The, the name is watchman. Uh, but they say you are a security man. And now they say you are a security officer. Executive something. They, they like, I love the way they do it this time around. They say front desk manager. You are a receptionist. Just like that. Front desk manager. So when you are talking about managers, you are also a manager. You are deceiving yourself. You are a salesperson. They say we are a sales executive. What is executive about it? <laughs> that you walk out, walk out, walk out to Makola. From Makola, you go to Malata. Malata to whatever. You are just going like that. Walk out, walk out. You say no executive. Okay, executive walker is good. Now trek with the trek. Go and ask God. You don't carry laminated certificate. Nobody eats certificate. Have you eaten certificate before? That you're hungry. You go to watch a woman. And said, Madam, you know this one? What is on this paper is Bachelor of Science. You can call all the names you want to call. He said, With this certificate, you can work here, work here, work in petroleum, working, 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 working. The woman will be looking at you. So, why are you coming to work here? At the, at the watching level. The woman doesn't have your certificate. But she's selling watch here about four pots, four pots or something in a day. And she's making money, training her children, sending them to school. And you are carrying your certificate around your armpit. You buy bread, no margarine, no sardine, nothing. Bread with water. You eat bread, drink water, pour some water on your head. And say, Father, thank you. Father, thank you. God says, stop that nonsense and let's talk better things. Let's talk better things. Ask me which way you should go. How many of you are in school now? About to graduate? You are in school. You are in which school? What level are you now? Third year, whatever. Let me share something with you. My project topic came to me in first year. I was not a Christian. First year at the university, I got that what I'll be writing on. And I began to collect my, because I didn't have time for studies. I had divine ability and I had wisdom. I had wisdom. The wisdom against failing. So we'll go out and be drinking. I have my notes in a small pad, on a small pad in my pocket. When we're drinking, I will go into the toilet and sit down there and read small. And when they think one boost me, I'll vomit and come and sit down. And you are drinking to stupor. You want to die? I don't want to die. I know where I came from. <laughs> so I got my topic in year one. So during the holiday between year one and year two, I started reading materials on that, on that, that topic. I began to read. My father had a heap of newspapers. I started going through them. Going through them. All manner of magazines that I could read, go to libraries and do my work. 
So, <laughs> I entered into politics. I was a member of UNC. My roommate was a very pious Christian. He, he, the guy loved me so much. He was always thinking about me, but I wasn't thinking about myself. But there's something he told them. Anytime people said I will fail, he told them, hey, you don't know this man. If you know my roommate, if my roommate should sit down the way you sit down, you'll be shocked. On the way doing campaign, I was writing my thesis. Because I had materials already. I had materials, so I'll be writing. In the vehicles, I'll be writing. I came back one time. They said it was time, almost one week to submit. I came back. I looked for somebody to type for me. I couldn't get I went to AESC. Is that how they call it? AESC. I saw one sister there, one Caroline. So I said, let me go and see your guy. I went to your guy. I said, please, I'm behind schedule. I want this girl to type my thesis for me. We will stay here overnight. The man said, who are you? I mentioned my name. He said, why do you come here? I said, I know you will help me. He looked at me. <laughs> he said, okay, Carol, can you stay? He said, yes. So he, all through the night, she was typing, I was correcting. She was typing, I was correcting. By morning, I had finished. The day was day of submission. I went to <laughs> the printing joint over there at the university, the binding room there. And when I told the guy, I said, listen to me. My prof is angry with me. If I don't submit this thing to him today, I'll fail. Suspend this once and do mine for me now. The man looked at me like this. He said, suspend. I said, yeah, suspend them. Suspend. Some of them, it is tomorrow. My own is now, now, now. So I stood there, and the guy said, do the binding. <laughs> I made three copies. From there, I went straight to the department and dropped my, uh, the copy with the prof. He got angry. I didn't care. He said he read only one chapter. I said, well, how many do you want to read? One chapter is enough. He gave me a C. He gave me C. A certain examiners came. By random sampling, they picked my, my own. And they gave me B+. Plus. Yes? It's not my fault. What was moving me, I wanted to pass. So if, under any circumstance, I must do well. I had to go on vision. I carry my books. Not be the goal. You go, go, you say you're going to eat, and then you go sit down, introduce your belly. You you go and say, belly, we are here to eat. You will die. I'm not deceiving people. I wasn't deceiving them. I was living my life. So don't live your life for destruction. Have vision. And pursue it. So in year one, year two, begin to ask God. Thank God you are a Christian. Lord, what is it that you want me to do? And then God begins to show you things. And then you are planning. And you are praying towards that. And you are planning. And you are praying. And you are planning. By the time you leave the school, you already have a job to do. Don't go and join them in the, on the queue. God may say, go and sell tomatoes. Hurry up. Locate where tomatoes. They grow tomatoes. And go and buy and go and sell. It's a quick arrangement. You go to Mokola, I have tomatoes. These people sell at so and so price. I will give it at this price. I can give you three bags. Will you buy? Yes, I will buy. Can you give me advance? You take advance, you go and deposit and collect the bags and come and collect your money and go and give. Who will beat you? 
Tell someone have vision in life. You see, you are speaking in tongues. No vision is useless. Your tongue speaking is useless. Have vision and fire the vision with prayer. He said, let the vision be plain. Let it be clear. Your vision must be clear. It can only be clear when you seek it from God. And write it down because you forget. Write it down. He said, let it be bold. There was something we used to do when we got born again initially. We were writing scriptures on papers and placing them in our rooms. Toilet, everywhere. So one scripture, you will find about four places in a day. So you read and read and read. Before the end of the day, that scripture is inside here. That's what we're doing. So your vision... You write it down. Whatever God tells you, write it down. Place it somewhere you can easily read. He said, it is for an appointed time. It will not delay. When it appears to be tiring, he said, go ahead and wait. Because at the end, it will do what? It will speak. I've jumped over your verse now. It will speak. At the end, it will speak. May your vision speak for you. In the name of Jesus. Why will it speak? Because it comes from God. Whatever comes from God cannot fail. Start catching vision. Stop catching vision for women. Marriage is all about the woman. It's an institution. Catch vision about that institution. And ask God questions. So when you get the woman, you know where to put her. Isaac knew where to put the woman. The, woman, the, the moment the woman came, he took her to the mother's room. He had understanding that this woman is my wife and my mother. At the same time, if your wife is your mother, will you be disturbing her anyhow? Me like this, I know that my wife is my mother. I know how to be a child. You know, children must be pampered. So I position myself to be pampered every time. Mm. Mm. So when you give me food and I check and uh, I need something more, eh, give me more meat now. I'll collect. I have understanding of what marriage is. It's all about friendship and fellowship, not about master and uh, and what. Talk to your wife anyhow. 